my brothers and sisters in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a joyous day this is. Amen. Great things have happened and great things are still on the way. I am so happy. I am so thrilled to be baptized in the only name that saves. I'm so glad to know the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. Amen. So thrilled to be in the right church. You know, we could be anywhere. We could be anywhere. But God, but God saw fit to bring you to this marvelous, wonderful truth. You know, he told the story of the hidden treasure. And I believe we are the people that have discovered the hidden treasure. Amen. In that story, that story that this man was working for someone, someone else. He was in someone else's property. And I guess he may have just rented some land or something, but he, the story goes he was working in the field and while he was digging around in the field, he hit something hard in the dirt and he started digging around and oh my word, it's a treasure chest. A treasure chest. He opened it up and oh, it was full of rubies and diamonds and precious pearls. He closed it back up and he looked around. Nobody saw it but him. But he didn't have a right to it because it wasn't on his property. He was just working there. And so he got a bright idea. I want this treasure chest. And the only way I can have it for my own is I've got to buy this land. I don't want all of that I just want this little place right here, this little corner of the field. And if I buy this land, then everything that's on this land will belong to me. And so he went to the owner and said, he said, listen, I want to purchase this land over here in the corner. And the owner was kind of puzzled, like, why, why that? Oh, it's just something special. <laughs> he said, well, I don't know if you can afford it. It's going to cost you everything you've got. And so he was happy. He wasn't dismayed. He wasn't upset because he knew the value. He knew the value that was hidden. And so he went home and he looked at everything he owned and he got everything together and had a yard sale. And man, he was on eBay and everything. And he sold, he sold all that he had. And he didn't waste one tear. have one sleepless night because he knew that all that he had could not compare to what he was going to get. And so he sold out. And with that money that he sold everything when he bought that piece of land and he lifted up that treasure chest and everything inside belonged to him. And he was a richer man for it. I'm telling you folks, there's nothing, nothing in this world worth missing Jesus over. He is the hidden treasure. He is the true riches. There is nothing that can compare to him. Aren't you glad you know him tonight? Oh, I'm glad I know him tonight. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, let's give that choir a wonderful hand, shall we? That's a good singing. That's some good singing, some good music. Oh, and, and they, oh, they, 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 they dropped one on me. Surprised me tonight. 
I heard that. Let the sun shine. I said, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's just awesome. Let the sun shine in. Praise God. Pastor, Sister Joe Strand, thank you so much. Your kindness and hospitality, amen, is just above and beyond. And I thank you so much. I, I, I look forward to coming here. I think we ought to make this a habit. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I don't know when I've been to a church where the folks were as friendly. I mean, soon as before you even walk in the door, you, you, can, you can see the smiles on people's faces. And I tell you, it makes a difference to a guest. When a guest is coming in the doors and they're greeted with smiles and, and they can sense the genuine love that you have one for another, you can't find this everywhere you go. We have something really special here, really special, and this is a great place to call home. Amen. Praise God. So tonight, the last night in the series of Easter in September, <laughs> which that's pretty cool, I'm going to ask you to go with me to the Old Testament. Let's stand together if we're able and honor to God's word. We're going to go to the Old Testament book of 2 Samuel. The book of 2 Samuel and the 23rd chapter. We're going to start in verse number 8. We want everybody to get there together because I want all of us to read out loud together. Beginning at verse number 8. Are you ready? Alright. Let's read. These be the names of the mighty. Hold it. You may be seated. These be the names of the mighty. Father, in the name of Jesus. Your word is from everlasting to everlasting. Your word is alive and is quickening to our spirit. Your word is our necessary food. It's our bread. It's our water. And tonight, Lord God, we're sitting at the master's table and we are hungry. We are waiting, anticipating, and expecting you to move like no one else can. So, Lord, we pray, come on in and do your thing. Breathe upon us, change us, challenge us, examine us, and most of all, Lord, save us and help us to be what you have called us to be. And we give your name the glory and the praise, and everyone say in Jesus' name. My title tonight is, These Be the Names of the Mighty, These are the names of the mighty. Praise God. Again, open your Bibles to 2 Samuel and the 23rd chapter, beginning verse number 8. And we're going to go through these verses of Scripture and decipher and dig in and uh, digest what's hidden in these beautiful jewels of Scripture. These be the names of the mighty men that David had. And make no doubt about it, David had some mighty men. Amen. Amen. The Bible teaches us that David, uh, he had been um, accused of doing some bad things. A horrible spirit had come across 
King Saul. And some of you know the story how King Saul was incredibly jealous of David. David had killed his ten thousands and Saul merely killed his thousands. And people, they gave David so much glory and praise. He the one that defeated the giant Goliath. It was David that was anointed by the prophet Samuel. David had a lot of wonderful things going on in his life. And an evil spirit came upon the king. No doubt he felt threatened. And David was no threat to him. David was no, no problem for the king. But when a spirit of jealousy comes upon you, uh, you'll see things that's not even there. You imagine people against you that's not even against you. That's the bad thing about a spirit of jealousy. And this spirit came upon King Saul and he, he raised up the army of Israel and went after David to take David's life. David was being talked about, lied on. David was being treated like a common criminal. But what did David do? Did David deserve this treatment? No. Hey, he didn't do nothing wrong. If anything, all David did was get anointed. And sometimes that's all you got to do. For the devil to come after you, for people to talk about you, amen, for things to go wrong in your life, just get anointed. <clears throat> amen. And so David, being chased by the king and the armies of Israel, he ran for his life. The Bible tells us he ran to the mountains, to this area I call the Badlands. It was, it was dark, it was, it was rocky, it was not accommodating, it was not a welcome place. It was a horrible place, this place I call the Badlands. Even the cops wouldn't go out there. In the Badlands were all the criminals. That's where the criminals would hide out. All the horrible, decrepit, the worst of society, they would hang out in the Badlands. And the, the king and his soldiers, they were searching for David and all of these people that was out there who were hiding from the law heard that David was hiding among them. I could just imagine them talking to one another saying, hey man, did you hear, did you hear about David? What? The king is chasing him down. David? You mean the anointed one? Yeah. The king is jealous, and he's chasing David. He's going for his life. But, but David had done nothing wrong. Yeah, we know that. But now, the anointed one is hiding in the mountains among us. A bunch of nobodies. A bunch of criminals. A bunch of do-nothings. The Bible says these men were in distress. These men were in debt. These men were discontent. They had nothing going on in their lives. They deserved to be, you know, arrested. They deserved to be put in prison. They were a bunch of nobodies. But David was hiding among them. So these criminals got together. And they said, well, you know, it's not, really, it's not really good what the king is doing to David. And David's out here by himself, and the odds are against him, and he's hiding among us. I got an idea. Well, what is it? Why don't we, a bunch of nobodies, going nowhere, why don't we build a fence around David and protect him? 
Let's let David be bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. Well, what do you mean? What I mean is nobody can come to David except they go through us. Wow. And I believe somebody must have got the idea that if we would get close enough around the anointed one, maybe some of the blessings on his life might flow over to our lives. See, that's why I believe it's very important that you need to be careful who you hang around with. I'm telling you, if you're going to hang around somebody, hang around somebody that's on fire for God. If you're going to hang around somebody, hang around somebody that's anointed of the Lord. Praise God. If you're going to sit next to somebody in church, sit next to somebody that ain't afraid to worship. Because some of that blessing, some of that anointing, some of that power may run off on you. Hallelujah. It'll affect the way you are. Amen. So they gathered themselves around David. They found David and they made a commitment. You are part of us. We are going to protect you from King Saul. Amen. And I tell you what. Oh, when they made David their captain. Next thing you know, the Bible describes these group of men. Not discontent. Not distressed. Not all messed up. The next time the Bible talks about these 600 men, it calls them valiant warriors. Hallelujah. What a change. I'm telling you, there's a change that'll come in your life. There's a change that'll come in your surroundings when you hook up to the right source. Amen. So they joined themselves around David and became his shield. David became known as the mighty soldiers of King David. Man, when I look at that story, you know what? That's what beautiful thing about the Bible. It, it applies to where we're living at right now. It speaks to us today, where we're living at right now. Yeah. When I look across this congregation, I see some of those same people. I see some of those guys that hung out in the Badlands. I, I see them right here. Right. Some of you were distressed. Right. Some of you were in debt. Right. Some of you were discontented. Some of you were messed up. Y'all looking at me like, you ain't talking about me, dude. You ain't talking about me. No, I'm talking about you. Amen. A bunch of nobodies going nowhere. Had nothing going for you. Your life was so messed up. Amen. But what did you do? You joined yourself to Jesus. And he put a sword in your hand and gave you a shield of faith. And now you're mighty warriors in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. And that's exactly what we are. You're a warrior. You're a soldier. In the army of the Lord. Every last one of us, we have been enlisted in the army. We have been drafted in God's army. Oh, I, you know, I, I, never, I never enlisted in the services. And I regret that. I regret that I never served in the military. There's some things in the military that you get that you can't get nowhere else. Amen. Are, are there any veterans here today? Any veterans? Would you raise your hand if you're a veteran? Let's give all of our veterans, all of our military folks, let's give them a great hand. Hallelujah. We appreciate you. We honor you. Hallelujah. It takes a lot to be a soldier. I've had some close friends that, that joined the services and, and everyone of them tell me the same story. Man, when you, when you, you know, you sitting there at the desk and they talking to you about enlisting in the army. Come on, you're going to travel the world. You're going to learn a great trade. It's going to be wonderful. And then you sign your name on the dotted line. 
you no longer belong to your mama. Amen. You belong to Uncle Sam. Glory to God. They take you, put you through training. They dress you all the same. Amen. They take you to the barbershop, cut your, cut your hair off. Glory to God. Amen. There's no big eyes and no little U's. You are G-I. That means government issue. Your name don't mean nothing to Uncle Sam. Glory to God. He going to tell you how to fold your socks. He going to tell you how to fold your underwear. He going to tell you what time to eat, what time to get up, what time to get running, where you going to stay, and you can't complain because you no longer belong to yourself. You belong to Uncle Sam. And he demands that you be obedient to every command that you are given. Why? Because you are a soldier. Hallelujah. But brothers and sisters, we don't belong to uncle. We belong to the father. Hallelujah. We belong to a mighty army. We are an incredible army. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus Christ. He's going to tell you where to go. He's going to tell you how to live. He's going to set it out for you. Praise God. And you are a soldier in the army. And if you're a soldier... You can expect to get shot at. Amen. You can expect to go into battle. I'm telling you, living for God is not for pansies. Living for God is not for crybabies. Amen. It takes a real man to live for God. It takes a real woman to make a stand and live for God. This is warfare. We got an enemy that never goes to sleep. We got an enemy that never takes vacation. He's always looking for some weak link in the chain. But we want the devil to know tonight that there's an army in Newark, Ohio. And we got our minds made up. We're going to fight. I said we're going to fight. We're going to fight the good fight. Hallelujah. And I love what Paul said. He said fight. Good fight. It's a good fight. Not a bad fight, but it's a fight. Amen. So don't be wimping and crying and throwing your finger in your mouth and sucking on your thumb just because you got in a fight. You can expect to get in a fight. But when you do get in a fight, make sure it's a good one. Paul said fight the what? The good fight. Amen. He said what's the difference between a good fight and a bad fight? <clears throat> well, here's the difference. In a bad fight, you lose. But in a good fight, we're going to win. We are going to win. We are going to win. We might get knocked down, but we're going to keep getting back up. We're going to keep fighting the good fight. Glory, hallelujah. And God has called all of us, amen, to stand tall and to be strong, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You don't need to fight your battles in your own strength. You don't need to fight your struggles in your own imagination. But you open that word up and you get that sword of the spirit and you say it is written. I am more than a conqueror. It is written. I am the head and I'm not the tail. It is written. I am an overcomer and I will conquer. Why? Because I'm a soldier. We need to get militant in our thinking. Hallelujah. We need to stand ready to fight.
the battle that is set before us. Glory to God. David had gathered among him about 600 valiant warriors. Now the Bible <coughs> tells us out of the 600, there were 400. That was a little closer. And out of that 400, there was 100. And out of that 100, there was 40. And out of that 40, there was 30. And out of that 30, there was three. Each one belonged to a different group. But then I began to read this, and I saw here in 2 Samuel, chapter 23, verse 8, where the scripture says, These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. God is taking names. God is taking names. And I'm telling you something, if, they're, if the name's going to be written in the book, if their name's going to be written in the book, I wonder what qualified them to have their names written in the book. And I started reading. Not all of the soldiers' names are there, only the special forces. Only the elite ones were able to have their names recorded in the book. Hallelujah. And I started wondering, what was it? What was it that qualified them to have their names written in the book? And whatever that thing is, whatever that qualification is, Lord, I want that in my life. I want my name written down. Glory to God. And so I said to myself, I said, I'm going to look at some of these qualifications of those that, whose names were written down. And then God challenged me, challenged us to adapt some of those same characteristics. Let's look at it. Verse number eight. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. First on the list, the Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains. The same was Adeno. He was an Esnite. What did Adeno do? To get his name written in the Bible. Look at what he did. He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. This guy lifted up his spear against how many? 800 to 1. And he slew them. At one time. Oh, oh, that's a mighty man. That's a mighty man. And I'm talking about a mighty man that didn't even have the Holy Ghost. And if somebody like him can get that kind of a victory, oh, how much more, how much more can you and I do with the power of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, friend, there's more for us than they can ever be against us. Whoa, glory to God. One, one against 800. He was outnumbered. The odds were against him, but he didn't run. He took out his weapon and God gave him a victory that day that recorded in the scriptures. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, sometimes it's going to look like we're by ourselves. Sometimes it's going to look like people don't understand what we're going through. Sometimes the trouble is going to look overwhelming. The doctor's report is going to seem overwhelming. Everything's going to seem bad. I've never been in trouble like this before. But I'm telling you, stand your ground. Hallelujah. Stand your ground. If God 
God be for us? Who can be against us? It's more than just words. It is truth. It is life. Be a soldier. Everyone say, don't quit. Glory to God. He lifted up his spear against 800. He slew them all at one time. Woo! You got some devils in your life. You got some situations in your life. You don't need to kill it piece by piece. You need to kill that thing at one time. Hallelujah. I had a friend of mine one time, man, he was like, man, I got this problem. I got these bad thoughts, and I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing this, and then later on, I'm going to stop doing it. I said, no, you got to stop everything at one time. Just shut it all down. Amen. Don't give the devil a foothold. Hallelujah. If you know it's not the will of God, shut it down. Amen. Don't have nothing to do with it. Abstain from every appearance of evil. You don't need to... Uh, and casually break it apart. Amen. When you go, when you go to the sacrifice, kill the whole animal. Yeah. Don't cut off an arm today and then come back and cut the leg off tomorrow. Kill that joker. Kill all of it. And you say, Amen. Yeah. Verse number nine. Here's the second mighty man. Look at this. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dudu. The oh, wait a minute. Well, I don't think that's the proper way to pronounce that. I'm... The son of, let's say Dodo. <laughs> I bet he got in a lot of fights. <laughs> what you call my daddy? <laughs> After him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. The Ahite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines, notice this, the Philistines, that old devil, they were gathered together to battle, and what happened to the men of Israel? They went away. See, there's going to be some people, they, they, they love to be with you when everything's going good. Right. They love church when everything's going good. But soon as trouble comes, soon as the challenge comes, they go running away. You can't find them. They're not there. Amen. But what did Eliezer do? He didn't run. In verse number 10, say he arose. He arose to the occasion. Glory to God. And he smote the Philistines until his hand was weary. And look what happened to his hand. His hand clave unto the sword. That means his hand had such a grip on that sword, you couldn't hardly pry his fingers apart because when he went to fighting, he was holding it so hard that his hand and the sword became what everybody else ran off everybody else took off he didn't I'm telling you what brothers and sisters friends and neighbors you need to make your mind up I'm planted right here this is where God put me and this is where I'm going to stay you want to leave you go ahead and leave but I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to fight the battle that God puts in front of me hallelujah and I'm going to clave to the sword hallelujah why because this is warfare and every one of us is going to have battles to fight and when that Bible says he clave he clave to the sword it, it, to us it's not talking about that sword it's talking about that sword that word of God, we got to cleave to the word of God. We got to believe the word of God. We got to trust in the word of God. And we're going to get tested. It's one thing to say you believe it, but do you really believe it? Is God's word true? Do you believe God mean what he says? 
Glory, hallelujah. I'm telling you, friend, I was brand new in the Lord. I was reading that Bible. I said, God, you're with me. You never forsake me. Even when I don't feel him, he's working. Even when I don't see him, he's working. I may not know where he is, but he knows where I am. Hallelujah. And I never forget, boy, and I never forget. We had just got a new home. Well, it wasn't a new house. It was new to us. And uh, we had been there about four months in that house. And one day I was in the backyard raking leaves, and I happened to look up on the roof, and all those shingles in the back had curled up. And I looked over at the next door neighbor. I said, what's that? He said, you need a new roof. <laughs> I said, my goodness, that looks awful. He said, yeah, yeah, you need a new roof, man. He said, but don't you worry about it. Your insurance will cover that. I said, good, good, no problem. Called the insurance company out there, the inspector came out there, and he, started, he looked at it. He said, hmm, uh, Mr. Easter, uh, yeah, you do need some repair work, but uh, that's not covered. That damage right there is not covered. And you need to get it repaired within 30 days or we're going to cancel your insurance. What? He said, you got to get it checked out. I said, oh, man, I'm really in it now. I didn't have no money. So I went to the bank and talked to them, and they reluctantly gave me a, a loan. So I got the loan, and I called the repair people over, and uh, the roof people came over, and they got up on my roof. I'm in the living room, and I could hear them upstairs, up, up on the roof, talking and stuff. All of a sudden, I heard this. Boom, 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 boom. Do, 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 do. Mr. Easter, you might want to come outside. <laughs> I said, what? Walked out in the middle of the street. He said, stand back here and look at your roof. He said, one of my men fell through the plywood. That wood is so old. It is so brittle. Mr. Easter, you just don't need shingles repair. You need that whole section of the roof done over. I said, you got to be kidding me, man. He said, yes, sir. And we can't do another thing for you until you get that thing repaired. I said, oh, my goodness. That's going to cost me some more money. I went to the bank. The bank said, no, Mr. Easter, we didn't give you the limit. We can't give you no more money. I said, man, what in the world? And then for the first time, I realized what it felt like to have ulcers. <laughs> I didn't have an ulcer, but I was so anxious and worried. I felt sick. Yeah. And I'm standing outside. I'm like, this is crazy. I don't, I don't have the money. I don't know what to do. And that night, that night, I was sitting in my living room, sitting in my, my lazy boy chair, looking up at the stars. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Lord, Lord, you got to help me, Lord. What you going to do? I ain't hear nothing. I stood outside again, and I said, oh, my goodness. I'm looking at the clouds. I said, hope it don't rain, God. Oh, please don't let it rain. And I'm looking up there at the roof, and I'm, tears came in my eyes, and I tried this. I tried. I don't know what to do. This is my first home. It's so different from living in an apartment. I said, you know what, God? Wait a minute. This ain't my house. It's your house. Everything I have belongs to you. This ain't my problem. It's your problem. I said, Lord, Lord everybody on this street 
They watch us. They know we go to church. They see us faithfully every service, dressed up, going to church. They know we are your people. Now, God, how does it look? What kind of testimony is it to our neighbors that the people of God are the only people with a hole in their roof? I said, Lord, you've got to do something to take care of this for thy name's sake. I read that somewhere in the Bible. I said, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. For thy name's sake, Lord, do something. And then the Lord said, go back to the bank. I said, been there, done that. They told me no. God didn't say nothing else because he only needed to talk one time. <laughs> I said, oh, oh, okay, but like, like at thy word. I went back to the bank. And I talked to the lady. She said, Mr. Easter, we, you know, we've reached our limit with you. We can't give you any more money. I said, but ma'am, ma'am, listen to me. I got a hole in my roof. She said, you got a hole in your roof? I said, yes, right this very moment, I got a hole in my roof. I need repair. I need help. She said, well, hold on, Mr. Easter. You, you've been a member of this bank for so long, and you've been faithful in doing this and doing that. Let, let, me, let me check something out. They're having a meeting right now. I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to interrupt that meeting and tell them about this situation. And I'm sitting in the chair, and I said, Lord, this is your house. This is your problem. This is your name. <laughs> Hallelujah, God. I, I can't do anything. And before I can finish praying, she come walking back there with all these papers. Mr. Easter, it's been approved. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. I'm telling you, when you hold on and you don't despair and you believe God's word, God will take care of it. He will come to the rescue. Somebody shout hallelujah. He will come to the rescue, but you got to hold on. You got to hold on to that word. And I told somebody one time, I said, listen, if I go down, I'm going down believing God's word. Amen. If everything fall apart, it'll fall apart with me believing God's word. If I can't pay my bills and I get put out, I'm going to get put out believing God's word. And I'm going to tell you something. He will not leave you in despair. He will not desert you. He will hold you up. He will keep his word. Hallelujah. That's a soldier. Praise God. I got that house got fixed up. Somebody say amen. amen. Glory to God. And his hand clave into the sword. And the Bible says, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And look what the people did. They returned after him. Only the spoil. All those people that ran away, <clears throat> once the battle is over, then they all come back dancing and shouting. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> you know who those people are? Those are the ones that come to church and dance all over the carpet that they didn't want to vacuum. Oh, I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Verse number 11. Here's, a, here's another one. Another name of a mighty one. After him was Shammah. He was the son of Agi, the Herorite. Now watch this. The Philistines were gathered together in a troop. Where a piece of land full of lentils. And the people saw the Philistines and they ran. They fled from the Philistines. I mean, people were scaredy cats. Every time trouble came, they took off. 
And the people fled from the Philistines, but look at Shema. Verse number 12, but he stood in the midst of the ground and he defended it and he slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. I noticed where he was standing. He was standing in a, in a land that was full of lentil, full of fruit, full of blessings. Some of the dangerous, most dangerous times in your life is when you are full. That's when you really need to be watching. After the greatest service is the most dangerous time. After the most powerful move of the Holy Ghost, that's when you really need to have your antennas up. The devil waits till you get full. He waits till you get people getting baptized, people getting the Holy Ghost. Then he starts creeping around and trying to start trouble. Listen, brothers and sisters, we are in revival. This is not a time to go to sleep. This is not a time to relax. We need to be on our P's and Q's. We need to be standing ready at attention. We need to be praising God at the drop of a dime. Hallelujah. This is not a time to go to sleep in church this is warfare and the devil don't like what's been happening here and he is coming against us but when he comes in like a flood my god he's gonna raise up a standard against him somebody shout hallelujah praise the lord hallelujah he stood in the midst of the ground and the bible says and he defended it Praise God. Friend, we got something to defend. Glory to God. When the world is going crazy and the religious world is following the world and people are compromising their teachings and compromising their beliefs, we will not bend. We will not break. We will not bow. We believe, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Lord. and we believe in holiness without which no man shall see the Lord we will not compromise our faith we're going to stand and we're going to defend what we believe glory to God when the, when the world is trying to get the church to compromise the world is trying to get the church to accept the norms of society we ain't going to do it we're not going to do it and it's going to get rougher as the world gets darker for you know what, they're going to be passing laws already. They already got stuff on the book saying preachers can't preach certain things. Amen. You can't preach certain things out of the Bible. They call it hate speech. Yes. Brother, you can call it what you want to call it. If it's in the word of God, I got a license to preach it. Hallelujah, come hell or high water. It doesn't matter who it pleases or displeases. I'm going to defend the gospel. I'm going to defend the word of God. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to bow. Somebody say, no compromise. no compromise. Glory to God. I'm telling you, people, amen, it got churches now where you can't tell the sinner from the saint. Pulpits are all compromised and messed up. Preachers falling and acting foolish. Hallelujah. Conducting themselves like pimps. Oh, boy, that gets me mad. All these jokers. Well, man, let me stop. My wife told me, don't be talking about them TV preachers. She said, she said, don't be talking about them TV preachers, baby. It might be some people in the audience that like them. <laughs> well, you need to pray through. <laughs> I 
I don't know when I've ever seen a time where there's so much junk coming across the television calling themselves preachers of the gospel. They don't preach the gospel. They preach some kind of worldly, amen, a financial blessing type message that just tickle people's ears and give them a false sense of salvation. Oh, glory to God, that makes me so upset because the world looks at that garbage and thinks that's the way the church is. That is not the church. That is not a preacher. But I want you to know if you want to see a church, you come in here. You want to see a preacher, there's a preacher. Oh, glory to God, we're not going to compromise. We're not going to bow. Hallelujah. We're going to defend. We're going to defend. We're going to defend. We are going to take a stand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Only thing about the rainbow I know is God's sign. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the world has gone mad. They're gone crazy. And religion has destroyed so many people. See, you can be religious and not be saved. Just because you come to church don't mean you say. And just because a church got a steeple don't mean that's the church. Amen. I'm telling you, there's so much junk out here. There's so much, uh, uh, oh, oh man, you know, getting the words going to come to my mind. There's so much mess out there. So much propaganda out there. And people are being blinded. The blind are leading the blind every single day. And they look at us and they call us weird. They call us strange. Hallelujah. I'd rather be strange for Jesus than to be accepted by anything that's out there in that world. Because when that trumpet sounds, I want the Lord to know whose side I'm on. Hallelujah. I'm on the right side. Glory to God. We're going to live according to the scripture. We're going to take a stand for righteousness. We're going to take a stand for holiness. We're going to take a stand for the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. I'm telling you, that'll get your name in the book. And the Bible says he stood in the midst of the ground and he defended it. Don't you be embarrassed one minute for being apostolic. Don't you be embarrassed for one minute for being Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Whew. I had a guy tell one time I was talking to this brother, telling about trying to get him to come to church. Man, I want you to come to my church. I want you to come to my church. He said, what's the name of your church? I said, United Pentecostal. Pentecostal? I said, yeah. He said, I heard about them. Aren't they holiness? And I said, uh, yeah. Holiness people. Well, holiness people, you, you, you can't drink, you, you can't smoke, you can't go to the clubs, can't do this, you can't wear that, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Isn't that true? And everything he said was true. <laughs> it was true. But God spoke to me. And God said, don't dwell on the can'ts. But see, that's what the devil does. He uses that to draw people away. You can't do this if you go to that church. You can't wear that if you go to that church. You can't go over here if you go to that church. And that's what the devil said to Eve. You can't eat of all the trees. 
He specializes in the negatives. God said, don't deal with the cakes. Tell him about the cans. You can have joy. You can have peace. You can have purpose. You can have a new life. You can have a new hope. Oh, you can have all the pleasures of God. Hallelujah. Yes, you can. Praise God. And he looked at me. He said, but you're holy. I said, that's right, bro. But isn't God holy? He said, yeah. I said, isn't the Bible called the Holy Bible? He said, yeah. I said, well, shouldn't the church be? And he said, holy. <laughs> I said, except no substitutes. Get you a church that preaches holiness. Get you a church that preaches separation from the world. Hallelujah. Get you a church that preaches clean living. Get you a church that preaches, amen, abstinence from sex before marriage. Get in a church that preaches a man should be with a woman and a woman should be with a man. Get you a church, hallelujah, that lays it on the line and is not embarrassed to tell you the truth. Oh, glory to God. You got to stand for this stuff. You got to defend this. Hallelujah. See, these, these are the characteristics that'll get your name written down. Hallelujah. Mighty. The mighty man. And then we're coming down to the end. And then he said here in verse number 13, three, three of the 30 chief. Watch this. They went down and it came to David in the harvest time, the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines, they were pitched in the valley of Rephim. David was then in an hold, and the garrison of Philistines was then in Bethlehem, and David longed. And David said, oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And three of the mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate. And they took it and brought it to David, and he wouldn't drink it. He poured it out unto the Lord. He said, be it far from me to drink this, that I should do this. It's not just the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives. Fellas, I didn't ask y'all to go get me some water. I was just thinking out loud. I didn't want you to risk your lives to bring me water. That's a mighty man. All David did was think out loud. He was in a hole. He was like in a cave. He could see the campfires of the enemy surrounding the city of Bethlehem. And David got to thinking of the good old days. He got to thinking of the sweet water from the well. And in that cave, thirsty, he just said out loud, Oh man, <laughs> it'd be nice to have some water from the wells of Bethlehem. And those dudes heard him. They looked at each other and said, Did you hear what Pastor just said? Right. <laughs> he said he likes some water from the wells of Bethlehem. Let's go get it for him. He didn't tell us to get it. He didn't ask us to get it. But as long as we know that the man of God has a need. 
we're going to take care of the preacher. We're going to take care of the preacher. Hallelujah. Even if it cost us our life, cost us discomfort, we're going to put the preacher first. We're going to, whatever he needs, all he got to do is think out loud. Whoa, Lord, have mercy. If we had people in the church like that, oh my goodness, all the pastor has to do is think out loud. And we are on it. Those men jumped up, wiggled their way through the, through the enemy camp endangering their own lives stole the water came back to David said here you go pastor David like what are you talking about what y'all do we went to the enemy's camp and got water for you David said you crazy <laughs> I can't drink this you guys did this in the jeopardy of your own life this is insane but those are the kind of men that would get their names written in the book. Hallelujah. Oh, friend, we need to get behind our pastor. We need to support the man of God in these evil and last days. All he got to do is act like he needs something. Woo, just act like you need something. You can count on us. Amen? And I'm going to do one more, one more. Oh, I love this. I love this. Verse number 18, and Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, he was chief among the three. Now, let me tell you about Abishai. Abishai, when you talk about relationship to the man of God, getting your name written in the book, Abishai, he was the one. Abishai was so loyal to the man of God. He was so loyal to David. All through David's career, Abishai was right there close to him. Can I tell y'all something? The best friend you could ever have in your life is your pastor. Amen. Amen. That's right. He's not your enemy. He's not Lord over God's flock. He's an overseer, and he is charged with a straight and powerful responsibility to look out for your soul. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And, 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 and Abishai, let me tell you about Abishai. You talk about the word loyalty. Loyalty. When you look up the word loyalty in the dictionary, Abishai's name should be right beside it. Abishai was so loyal to David. There were several occasions where Abishai was right beside David. One time when, when David's son, Absalom, rebelled against him and, and, and was threatened to take over the kingdom, David said, David said, no, I'm not going to fight against my own flesh and blood. I'll just leave the kingdom to him and let him have it. Abishai said, no, no, don't do that. You're the king of Israel. I'll help you stand up against him. No, that's my son. That's my son. Leave him alone. Abishai was so hurt because that was the man of God. Then another time, David was walking along the hillside and some guy was on top of the mountain and was throwing rocks at David. David was in depression. He was hurting. He was upset. He had his head hanging down. And you know, there are some people that can't wait for the pastor to be in a bad way just so they can throw rocks. This guy was on top of the mountain. He looked over there at David and he said, oh, look at you now, old king. You don't seem so bad now. And start throwing rocks at the king. Oh, Bishai said, oh, no, he didn't. 
He took his sword out. He said, I'm coming up there. David said, no, 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 Abishai. He's an idiot. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. Abishai just looked at him. Because see, Abishai had an attitude. You mess with my pastor, you messing with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Another time, David was an old man now. He was very old and fragile. And uh, the armies of Israel went out to battle, and David said, I'm going to go with them to the battle. They said, no, no, king. We don't want you out there in the battlefield. You, you're too valuable to us. Stay back here at the palace. And David said, no, no, no. I'm going out there. I, I need to be out there. And they said, well, if you insist, but we're going to make sure you stay far from the battle. But you can see the fight. So David was standing by his chariot, and the armies were off the distance fighting in the valley. And David was all by himself at the chariot watching the battle. And while the battle was raging, David out in the hot sun, he's old, he's frail. And while he was standing there by the chariot by himself, a shadow came over him. And David looked at the ground and the shadow got longer and longer and longer. And David said, my goodness, who could this be? This is the shadow of a giant. And David turned around and lo and behold, he couldn't believe his eyes. He said, no, no, I killed you. I cut off your head. It can't be. It can't. Goliath? And the giant said, no, but I'm the son of Goliath. And I've come back for payback. And David was like, oh no. And he was shaking and brittle and frail. He didn't have the muscles and the strength he had before. David thought, this is the end of the chapter. I am done in. But before David could even get another heartbeat, he heard the footsteps of somebody running. It was Obishia. Hallelujah. He was never too far from the man of God. Abishai ran up beside David and he was like, Pastor, is he messing with you? <laughs> David said, that's the son of Goliath. Abishai said, you want me to get him? David said, get him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Abishai took out his sword and he chopped that giant down. Oh, brothers and sisters, we need men and women of God in the church that's ready to stand beside the pastor, ready to stand beside the pastor's wife and fight the battle with him. Don't talk about him. Pray for him. Don't be a, a liability, be an asset. Come on, somebody. We are in war. We are in warfare. We need to stand together. Praise God. So in closing, I just feel...